1: So, welcome back to another episode of the Unveiling Grace Podcast. I'm Joel Grote.
2: And I'm Lynn Wilder, and today we have some special guests.
1: We do, we get to do part two of Stefan and Sarah. Sarah
2: Dennis, yes.
1: So, okay, so for people who weren't in part one, Stefan, why don't you go ahead, because we kind of got your story last time of your transition out the process. So just kind of do a quick recap for you and your story and where you were, and then we'll pick up
3: from there. Okay. So very briefly, I was raised very faithful LDS. Uh, I grew up in a very good family um, and in suburban Utah. and. Uh, So, I served a mission, uh, came home, uh, met Sarah, and we got married in the Timpanogos Temple. Uh, And then um, after uh, Sarah became pregnant with our first son Noah, um, I sort of made a a commitment to rededicate myself to be even stronger in the Mormon church even though we were very active at the time. We went to the temple on a weekly basis. Upon that commitment and reading Mormon scripture I had a personal dilemma where I did not feel worthy of God regardless of my faith and activity in the LDS church um, with all my works and paying and everything and uh, God was speaking to me that I was still not worthy of him so I set out to find out why I was feeling this way. Um, I contacted uh, people I knew from my mission who are now in the Adams Road ministry. They shared the gospel of grace with me, and I became a born-again Christian, secretly, um, without telling my wife.
1: <laughs> wow, so you have a temple marriage, you're going to the temple <laughs> on a weekly basis, yeah. and Sarah is oblivious.
3: She is oblivious for a time. Wow. Yeah,
2: wives so, are never oblivious. So, for yeah, I was going to say, they, there had to be something
3: going on. So, okay, so Sarah,
1: I want to start with you and say at what point do you start to see that something is different with Stefan? Because obviously if this is happening, guys, we think we can hide it, but we can't. We're like, we're like-
2: Open books. Open books, books. yeah, Yeah.
1: so kind of, yeah. I want to hear your side now, what's going on?
4: So his certain behaviors had started changing. Um, Rather than reading a novel or something, I would walk in and find him reading the Bible hmm, this is different, (laughs) this is is new. Um, He was starting to pose questions to me. Now looking back, I can see he was trying to get me to think in a certain way. But at the time, I'm like, where is this coming from? What are you talking about? You know, Um, so this was probably, you know, maybe three months of I'm noticing just little things going on. So then, um, in January of 2008, I believe, he couldn't hold it in any longer, and he confessed to me, I don't believe in the Mormon church anymore. He had made um, Bible verse lists of different topics, and he was going through, you know, this is why I don't believe in this part, this is why I don't believe in this part, these verses are why. And I was livid. I was gonna say, so he just kind of <laughs> springs this on you, just out of the blue, you know. And
1: so let me <laughs> let me stop you. So how how was your marriage relationship as a couple overall? I mean, it sounds like it's faithful, Aldis. It he was. I would guess it was probably pretty good. You guys, yeah, were we had a
4: good marriage. Marriage um,
1: was working. Okay, so. At least you have that kind of going for you,
4: mm-hmm.
1: but still, that's a lot.
4: To it was a bomb. Dumped. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bomb.
1: Okay, so you're livid, and so what's your response?
4: So, what do you as, do with this? as a faithful Mormon, I, you know, you are taught if you need comfort, if you need guidance, anything, you can find that in the temple. So, I basically ran away. I said, I'm going to the temple. I don't know what to do with this, you know. So on the way, I'm I'm praying, I'm like, okay, God, do I need to find a worthy temple holder now? Do I need to leave him to find Ooh, somebody? That was
2: one of your first thoughts. That was my
4: first thought. Whoa. Well, it has to
2: be. It yeah, has if to be. Faith, yeah,
1: because that's... <clears throat> yeah. Okay, go ahead.
2: Yeah. So,
4: mm-hmm. um, and I, I mean, I can't explain it. People who have had, you know... God speak to them. You know what it's like. But I just, mm-hmm. it was like being smacked across the face with the word, no, stick with your husband.
0: Wow. And I'm like, okay.
4: but that doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't make sense. Why? So I kept asking, well, no, should I? No, stick with your husband. I'm like, okay, Whoa, I don't know what to do. Interesting. So um, I go to the temple. I do the endowment session and I'm sitting in the celestial room just praying and seeking the comfort and the guidance that I was looking for. And I felt nothing but emptiness. Wow. It was total. I just felt empty. And I'm like, there's something wrong with me. Why am I not? I'm not getting what I need here. You know, like I'm like, I've been promised that I would. And so I finally gave up and went home. Um, I walk in. He's like, how was it? And I said, it was fine <laughs> <laughs> because, because was I fine. Don't, don't want to admit gonna. to him right. that I did not have the experience that I was looking for. Right, And, um,
1: and that's, that's classic performance based religious culture. Mm-hmm. you always say face, you right. never admit to a negative and you certainly never admit you're sever- certainly never authentic about anything that might be going on. That's unsettling or right. unsure. Yeah. So, okay. Right.
4: So I, I just went to bed. Um,
2: the no, next no, stop. Day. So,
1: So when she comes back, what are your hopes? I mean, when she comes back
3: in, well, what are you thinking when she leaves to go to the temple? <laughs>
2: oh, that's important. She's yeah. gone forever. <laughs>
3: <Okay>. <laughs> I'll tell you what happened. She leaves and I called, uh, the guys in the ministry up and I said, I'm quite sure I'm getting a divorce now <laughs> oh, because I just wow. told Sarah that I'm a Christian and I don't believe in the Mormon church anymore. And, and so... They were very comforting. They said, just be patient, just, you know, see how this plays out, you know, don't worry about anything and, you know, let's just see what happens. And so the interesting thing is, though, is that I felt complete peace about it. I mean, you know, like I said in the last podcast, I maintained no illusions about what could happen. I knew more than doctrine. Um, But at the same time, I felt that it was time. I felt peace about it. I had no regrets about it. And so okay. I, I was just waiting to see what her response was. And I was kind of secretly <clears throat> betting that she wouldn't get an answer to prayer in the temple because, you know, because I already knew from the Bible that temples couldn't be part of God's plan um, right. in the Mormon sense. Yeah. So anyway, um, so I just waited for her to get back. And that was that. Okay, <laughs> so...
1: I'm guessing a fair amount of uncomfortable silence in the home the rest of that day. But then, so then where, I mean, so then what's your next step? I mean, after after the fury abates mm-hmm. and you don't get this, so then now how does God continue to work on you then?
4: So I'm not sure how we got, but our, conti- our conversation continued the next day. Okay. Um, and he was still, in, in all of this, like he said, He was very peaceful. He never raised his voice at me. He was very calm and just loving to me, and I was off the wall, you know, (laughs) crazy. (laughs) But
2: (laughs) but let's talk about that reaction. I think that's an extremely normal reaction in the early stages. So people tell me I'm afraid of somebody being angry when I tell them, right? But here's the thing. If it goes in one ear and out the other, there's not going to be much of a reaction. But if that person cares or that person's being convicted that you might be right, then that often is manifested in anger. And so I'll tell people anger is sometimes a really good sign. This means they might be thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: again, that whole thing, anger is always a secondary emotion. There's something triggering it. And very often what's triggering it is, even if you don't recognize it, that, wow, could this be true? Is there something I'm missing? Exactly, mm-hmm. Which is all mm-hmm. necessary. Doubt is always the first penetration of new truth. Because until you doubt something that you've mm-hmm. believed you can't be open.
2: There can't be death and new life, right? Right. <laughs> like we've so, been talking about.
1: So this is um this is something really crucial for people who may be listening who are at this stage for both sides. So if you're the person who started the transition, you've made the transition, that peace going into this with that peace, that gentleness that Stefan has is so important that you walk into that with that And that you be ready for a strong reaction and not let that rattle you and not respond to that. But for the person who's hearing this, recognize that that anger, like Lynn was saying, that's a very expected, normal response to when your world gets rocked, Mm -hmm. when your paradigms get tipped on their head
2: and yet that anger can quickly destroy relationships so we've seen divorces within a month or so one couple kind of coming out right with their their new (laughs) beliefs or their new faith the most wonderful comment anyone ever said about our ministry someone said this within the last month if I had had someone like you to walk me through the anger in those early stages, I might still have my family together. Wow! So there's a reason for ministries like Adams Road right. and IRR and ECUJ, right? Right. To help folks know. And now I will <coughs> stop talking because this is for Sarah and Stephen. Yes.
1: <laughs> okay. So yeah. So back to Sarah. So the anger's abated. There's a silence. You continue to talk. What's happening?
4: Well, my anger started to flare up again. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was another one of those, this is not for me, these thoughts are not for me. I I say God lovingly slapped me in the face. (laughs) It's like, wake up, you need to listen. You are not being, you wouldn't know truth if it slapped you in the face right now. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. You're right. So so I just said a quick little prayer to myself, you know. It's like, okay, God, please just tell me what's true. At this point, I just okay. wanted to know because I'm feeling confusion. Everything that I've been raised to believe, he's now right. challenging and not just with I mean, not with his words, he's challenging them with scripture. Bible scripture. Yeah. And so I'm confused. God, just tell me what's true, whether that's the Mormon church or not. And See, that's such a it was such a humble com- posture, wow. which is such a, I mean, it's all, it's all the work of God, because like I had mentioned in the last podcast, I was a very proud person. This is not, <laughs> this is not my nature to be, <laughs> Yes, to be that humble, but, but God, he shook me and, um, so when I, when I asked for the truth, it was like scales fell from my eyes, I guess. Um, I don't know how else to explain it. So before, I was hearing what he was saying, but I was not listening. Yeah. Like it was not making any sort of impact, but now it was. Mm. And now it started making sense to me. Sure. And he could tell my whole demeanor had changed. And he said, this is making sense to you now, isn't it? And I said, well, yes, but (laughs) (laughs) I need to find out for myself. Right. And so I started my own study in the Bible, in the New Testament. And um, what the so keep in mind, this is all very fast. This has been a right. day and say, a half. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. saying we're yeah. like at
1: day two or three at the most. Right. right,
4: Since since he has dropped the bomb on me, I'm now mm-hmm. at a place where I just want to know truth. God worked so fast with me. Um, so I had <clears throat> I took his list of scriptures, um, the ones that he had compiled about temples, mm-hmm. and I'm reading through. And I get to Acts chapter 7, where it says, God does not live in temples made with hands. And his word pierced me, and I knew that that was true. Based on the experience I had had the previous evening, I felt complete emptiness in the temple. Mm. God was telling me, I'm not there. You don't have to seek me in a building. I can be personal. I'm with you right now. And... That one verse shattered my faith in the Mormon church.
1: And I guess I really want my Christian brothers and sisters who've never had much of any connection to Mormonism to hear this. To hear that God is able to work in the heart of a person who's been part of a performance-based religious group, totally committed to that. And that God can be at work in that person's heart, and so we should never assume yes. on somebody what their process needs to be, what they have to know, what they have to hear.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: We need to let the Spirit of God work in His way, and, and I think use
2: th- the word. Yes, yes. that is Absolutely. certainly the message from our ministries. Right, <laughs> that the Word of God is sharp and powerful and piercing. It's living
4: and active.
1: Yeah, yeah, and so anyway, so just I just say that because I know so often. Well, I have they have to know this first, or they have to have understood this, or they have to... no. They don't, <laughs> no, they don't. The Holy Spirit can just take and work and use the word with them. So yes. that's. So, she's starting to listen.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: What I mean, what's going on with you? Then, as you watch, as you watch, like this, the this, the change happen.
3: Well, um, I was excited about it um, mm-hmm. because I knew by that point when she wanted to study on her own that you know it may not lead to divorce that we might be able to you know, have a positive ending to this whole story. Okay. But um, no, I was excited to be able to share those verses with her. In fact, I had compiled them knowing that at a future time, not just for my own study, I actually had a laptop full of notes, I mean I had mm-hmm. been reading stuff for months mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. Um, But this list, which was on a notepad, was specifically the scriptures that um, I knew would have an impact as far as showing her or anyone uh, what the difference is between the gospel of grace and like you call it a performance-based religion or specifically Mormonism and temples um, because, you know, most of what they teach relies on both their idea of authority and temples. Um, So those were the things that I focused on in those notes. And really, um, you know, the the scriptures that were complete contradictions to their doctrine or what I specifically listed, like the one that she said in Acts, uh, Seven and seventeen, I believe, um, mm-hmm. quoting Isaiah, that God does not dwell in temples made with hands. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Re- so while you're repeated, being gentle, yes. while it you're adds. being gentle, <laughs> you're also
1: being incredibly intentional mm-hmm. about what you're doing, and you're being intentional with scripture. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we can emphasize that enough. Right. Okay, so so keep walking us through your journey, Sarah, because your world is rocked,
4: totally rocked, and so at this point. um because everything in Mormonism hinges so much on the Mormon temple, God shattered my faith in that specific thing first. Um, so I just continued to study the Bible. We did continue to go to our Mormon meetings on Sundays, whatever, okay. um, not quite sure knowing what, you know, what to do. And so we would go and <laughs> we would come home and, wait, did you hear what they said? But... I just read this in the Bible and noticing the contradictions mm-hmm. and um like And I you're s- both
1: noticing them. So you're also noticing. I'm them noticing at this point. them okay. at this
4: point. God has opened my eyes, He has humbled me mm-hmm. and He's showing me what the truth is just like I asked him to. And um so we did continue to go for a few months and then on Easter Sunday there was not one mention of Jesus at all in the whole three-hour block. And that was when we're, okay, we're out, we're done. Okay. You can't even mention Jesus on Easter, so... Easter
2: was always a huge stumbling block for me in Mormonism for the exact same reason, having been raised Protestant and Easter being such a big deal. Yes, right. Mm -hmm. There's actually a story in the (laughs) book where I'm with the general authority on Good Friday and expecting him to talk about Jesus, and he never did. Wow. Yeah.
1: So at what what point do you come to your own personal faith in Christ— where, how, and where does that take place? Because he's already surrendered his life to Christ. He's right. already. When and how does that happen for you?
4: For me personally, so after that had happened, we decided we were done. We had our names officially removed from the Mormon Church membership. Wow!
1: Right.
4: Like legally. And this is like mm-hmm. how long? I mean, this had been maybe four months. Okay. Mm. That's quit that's Mormon. Amazing. Very calm. Yeah, and um, okay. so in the meantime, I'm continuing to read the Bible to really relearn who Jesus is.
2: Yeah.
4: And then um, that summer was Adams Road's first tour where they, vis- they came out to Utah. We went to all of their events, okay. heard, heard the gospel plain and simple that Jesus is enough. Jesus is all you need. His grace is sufficient. Yeah. This, um, proud sin nature that I'd been trying my whole life to fix myself. (laughs) Yeah. Now I'm finding out Jesus is the answer and, um, and he, he changed me. And I, I, um, at that point I said, I only want to live for Jesus. Wow. Jesus is all I need. Mm-hmm. And I surrendered my life to him. That, you know, I it, I didn't have to say a certain sinner's prayer nope. in my heart. I I just I just prayed to him, I, you know, like you're all I need. Yep. I'm yours. Thank you for saving me. And at that point, he started, you know, he continued his work in my heart and And here we are.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, we were incredibly ignorant as far as mainstream Christianity um, because we knew nothing except what the Bible said. (laughs) And so, essentially, what changed me was simply God working on my heart, showing me that I was a sinner and that I needed grace, accepting that, um, and then learning, you know, what the word had to say about the Mm -hmm. gospel. And so, As far as Sarah's concerned, it was probably just a natural inclination to let the same thing happen to her because, Mm -hmm. you know, the word is what changed me. Right. And so I was going to let that do the same thing because that's what worked for me. You know, it was just, to me, it was logical. Well, so this is a a situation where ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is a huge
1: advantage to you both Mm -hmm. to coming to Christ and letting
3: him woo you To himself through the word.
4: And it was all his work. It was nothing that we did.
3: Right. Well, I mean, and God can convert anybody that he wants. He doesn't God doesn't need us. Exactly. But the thing (laughs) is. is, Or our formulas. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But see, you know, I mean, it's true that, you know, our our mission is the Great Commission, which is to share the gospel. So, you know, how is somebody to to believe unless they hear the word? And so that was the function of Adam's Road for us, is Mm -hmm. that they were already Christian through what had happened with them, you know, they then shared the gospel with us and told, you know, me to read the Bible, and then God was the one that converted us, right? you know, through the word. I mean, because, and you, in essence, do the same thing with Sarah. Yeah. Right.
1: You say, okay, because you get to the point where you go, okay, my wife has got to hear this. I cannot exactly. keep this from her, regardless of what it costs me. and We just did, you know, with Alicia, we just did two episodes on the cost mm-hmm. and and that willingness to trust Jesus for the cost and you saying, hey, this could cost me my marriage, but you know what? My love for Jesus and my love for Sarah makes me willing to count that cost.
3: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And I, you know, basically my heart was for Jesus. And the reason that I had so much peace is because I knew that I was saved and you know, I was submitting my will to God's and whatever happened was up to him because he had changed me, which means it's his work and not mine. Right. Right. So that's an important thing to remember is that, you know, when you submit yourself to God, you've got to trust that all of this is part of what he wants right? because he is sovereign.
1: So let me ask you this for again, for the benefit of people who are following your story. So how is your marriage relationship different now that you're both in Christ because you had a good marriage we as did. Mormons, but how has it changed? What's different? How has Jesus worked and moved even in your own personal relationship as a couple?
4: I would say for me, so the Bible talks about the role of a wife. You are to be submissive to your husband. That, that's not, that has a negative connotation, but it's not, you know, as a slavery kind of thing. Right. But you respect your husband. I didn't do that before I had Jesus. Things were my way. I wore the pants. You know, I thought I <laughs> did anyway. Yep. This was, it's my way or the highway. Yep. Once I had Jesus, no, this is, I need to step back and let Him be. And, you take, know, the yep. take the lead. Take the lead. Of course, we are a partnership. Right. But it's ultimately my role to support Him and respect Him.
1: Yep. And it's his role to, to love lead me. and love sacrificially. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's really...
2: There's no better ending than that, right?
1: No. That's <laughs> phenomenal. And we're kind of at time anyway, so we'll just end like we normally do, which is we'd love to hear from you if anything has resonated with mm-hmm. you. If you want to send a word of encouragement to us or to Stefan and Sarah, you can do it via unveilinggracepodcast.com. Would, lots of ways. If
2: you're struggling at all with marital issues after deciding to leave performance-based religion, there is help out there. There are Absolutely. ministries. Certainly reach out to us at unveilinggracepodcast.com and we'll get you connected.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So thanks for being with us. Grace Stephanie and peace you. Thank you. Grace be with you and until the next time. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Unveiling Grace Podcast. We hope you'll join us next time for another conversation devoted to taking your life and relationships to another level of healing. You may connect with us and leave your questions, comments, plus find the show notes at unveilinggracepodcast.com. That's unveilinggracepodcast.com, where you can experience a grace that heals.